key to Christianity. When we are in agreement with God, and when we are in agreement with your fellow brethren, your believers in Christ, then that agreement brings unity and it brings breakthrough. It actually brings breakthrough when you're in godly agreements, right? Okay, when you're not in godly agreements and everyone's trying to do their own thing, that brings, that is selfishness, it's self-seeking, and it brings disorder. I think you can all agree to this, that it brings disorder. If you're seeking unity, then you're resisting the devil. If you're seeking your own will, you are resisting God. And so we're not going to seek our own will because we don't want to resist God, right? Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had, they had bricks for stone, they had, uh, they had asphalt for mortar, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Wow, right? Let us make a name for ourselves. They should have stopped right there. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. And they, have, and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down. Let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased, they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. So first of all, we see here verse 6, it's, and this is the key verse, is verse 6. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do now. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Unity is the key. Agreement is the key. The problem here was this unity and this agreement was against the will of God. So because it was against the will of God, what was going to be produced is an Ishmael. What was going to be produced is the will of man. And God knew that. So God was resisting the man-made project. He had to resist the man-made project. Otherwise, the man-made project would actually come to fruition. See, whenever we are in agreement with one another, void of the will of God, we can produce things. They're just not of God. And they will not produce anything good. There is an agreement that we must be in, but it must be in accordance to the will of God for us to have the hand of God upon our lives. Right? We know that God is not the author of confusion. I think most everybody knows that, right? It says here in verse 9, therefore, 
Its name is called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. From there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. See, people read this and they go, oh my goodness, God is, he's bringing confusion. I thought the Lord says I'm, he's not the spirit of confusion. God didn't author that confusion. Read the text and understand what's going on. God didn't author this diabolical, demonic agreement, did he? He didn't author it, therefore he divided it. In other words, he put an end to it by scattering them. Because otherwise they would have defeated themselves and they would have literally tried to thwart the plan of God. And he's like, no, impossible. Won't have it. I won't have it. God was not building a tower, church. He was not building a tower. God is building his church. He was building his church then. He is building his church now. They had wrong motives. And so you see here, this is a great example of ungodly agreements. This is a great example of unity with wrong motives. They were about ready to produce something pretty grand and completely off course. Do you know how important it is that we get into godly agreement with the Lord and with one another? Because as we get into godly agreement with the Lord, we will be in agreement and with unity. There is nothing the devil can do to stop you from pursuing his will and fulfilling it. I'm going to say that again in a different way because I don't know that all of you heard it. Okay? Because it's really important. When you are in agreement with the will of God and when you're in agreement with one another, you will be able to do Everything God has called you to do, you will not be missing out on one thing if there's true agreement. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's why before you get married, singles, before you get married, make sure that you know that you know that you know that God has truly chosen that mate for you. Because you're going to have to be in agreement in order for anything to take place in that home. And when there's not godly agreements and you're trying to raise children in a Christian home and there's different messages that are being sent to the children, guess who suffers the most but the children? Guess what happens? It's chaos, right? Different messages, dis dis all confusion, right? Division, right? Make sure those that are not married pursue the king of kings. Pursue the Lord. And then let God bring unto you that which he has chosen. Because you want to be in agreement. Now let's take the flip side of a marriage. When you are in a marriage, and it is a godly designed and godly chosen marriage, the agreement that husband and wife have, nothing can stop the will of God because there is a purity and the two have now become one. Does he not say that he says he took the man and he took the woman and he said the two now have become one? And so that's what we mean. One means unity. The true definition of one, to make whole, to make complete, to be unified. Right? So if you're not unified, that means somebody's saying yes, yes, yes with their mouths, but they have an ulterior motive. They just, it's a selfish game. That's not unity. We must make sure that our motives are so right, so pure before God. And before one another. That's when things come about. So the devil tries to divide. He tries to divide the, your, he tries to divide our, the kingdom. tries to divide the city. He, he tries to divide your homes. But we know that a house divided will not stand. Right? So when we come into agreement with the Lord's will. Then things shall come 
to pass. So the key to Christianity truly is agreement and unity in the spirit, first with God and then with your fellow believers, okay? There is no power when there is a disagreement. I mean, I think most of you guys know that. You can tell whenever you're in an argument or in a disagreement with somebody, can you move forward? Is there any forward? You might be moving forward by yourself, but it, you're not able to move forward together, are you? Because disagreement literally is a block. It's, it's, a, it's a tool. It's a scheme or a method of the enemy. Genesis 1.24, he took the man and then he, the man, he caused him to fall asleep and he took the, from the rib, right? He formed the woman, right? Put them together so they would walk side by side, right? And so he said, I made them one. We must be one with God and with one another. So we must be able to believe our faith and doubt our feelings when our feelings don't line up with the truth. See, you can live with something and not benefit from it. You can live with truth that you heard but don't fully understand and not benefit from it. You can know that God is your provider and totally know that, believe it. You can even quote scripture, but it's not ben you're not being benefited from it. Why? Because you're not fully in agreement because you're following your feelings that are telling you otherwise. What I'm telling you about agreements really doesn't have anything to do with your feelings. It has everything to do with your belief. What you really, really believe is your true agreement. So you can say, I'm free, but you're filled with fear. And because you believe it deep, deep down inside, you're actually operating out of a spirit of fear. And it doesn't matter what your words are saying, because you're actually operating from a feeling of fear. So therefore, though you believe that God is for you and not against you, it's like you know it, you see it, you know it's there, but you're never really walking in the fullness of it. So we have to change some things, our agreements. What are you agreeing with? What are you truly believing? Psalm 133 says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There it is again, unity and agreement. That's what that means. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Then it describes it. It says, it, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. There the Lord commands the blessing. When there's unity, God commands the blessing. Why do you think the devil works so hard at bringing division, right? The devil works so hard at bringing division. He works so hard at bringing disunity. He works so hard in bringing offenses. He works so hard in, in people to, you know, judgments and frustration towards one another. Because when all of that is absent and there's truly just unity, then there is the blessing that God commands. He commands it. It's a powerful statement that God commands the, the blessing. Because guess what? What God commands is going to come about. Last time I checked my Bible, I know that there's nobody above him. So if he commands the blessing and you're in alignment with his word, walking in the spirit of unity, in agreement with his word, you will be a recipient of that which he commands. It's not that hard, is it? But yet it's not always carried out because we have something called our feelings that get in the way. Do you know that you can't truly walk in unity unless you're walking in love? 
You can't truly walk in unity unless you're walking in love, unless you're, unless you're preferring one another, unless you're loving, unless you literally just stop looking at the list of wrongs that you remember and say, you know what, God's forgiven them, so shall I. So you can't really walk in unity if you're not walking in love, can you? 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33. This is, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And you know that word confusion is also disorder. God is not the author of disorder. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. So any time that there is chaos, disorder, confusion, God is either not present or he's hindered. And none of us want to live like that, do we? So it's like a litmus test that we get to do and we get, we get to practice and say, wow, I, so I'm going to do everything that there is within me. Bible says to live as much as it is possible with you, at peace with everybody, as much as it de- is, it's determined with you, like on your side of the street, keep your side of the street clean, right? Live in peace with all men as much as it's possible. So we have to have an, an internal agreement um, that says, Lord, I want to agree with your word and not the devil's. But some have an internal agreement with the enemy. But and if you're in agreement with that, See, which is not of God, well, that so will also be produced, but you don't the want enemy it. will eventually so we have bring to destruction cut off to their lives. Disagreements. We have to this. cut off I, some, some things that are leading us in the wrong direction. Saved, there was more belief in what the enemy could do than what God could do until you started to grow in Christ. And you saw the faithfulness of God. Right? But, but you would be surprised at how deep some of these things run and how even very seasoned saints, there's still a lot of unbelief and ungodly agreements. So, but God is healing. He is healing and he's bringing us into agreement with the word. He's bringing us into agreement with the unity of the word. So I'm going to ask you a question that you're going to ask the Holy Spirit. What are you in agreement with? Are there areas in your life that, and that there are open doors? To the enemy, okay? What are you in agreement with? Whether it be good or whether it be bad. If you're in agreement with that which is good, the blessing is sure to come. But if you're in agreement with that which is not of God, well, that will also be produced, but you don't want it. So we have to cut off ungodly disagreements. We have to cut off some things that are leading us in the wrong direction. We already said that God is not the author of confusion. When there's a divisive spirit at work, and you're so frustrated, that's an open door to an offense. And if you allow that to remain, that offense is going to grow. Division becomes a thorn to devour you. That's what it does. But unity and anointing, okay, literally will push you forward in the will of God. So agreement comes from being the same. Not a clone, but of the same mind. This is when agreement comes. Think about it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When God created the world at creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were in agreement. Look at what was produced. Agreement. So important. I cannot drill this enough. You look around at the people that are sitting in this room. This makes up the body of Christ. There are things that God wants to do in your life, in your lives, all of you. There are things that the Lord wants to do, but it will require agreement. Not partial agreement, because that's not truly fully an agreement, but full agreement. You ever had somebody that you know they were a 
prayer warrior, and they interceded with you. And every time the two of you gathered together to pray, you knew things were just done in the spirit. There was an agreement. That's what God is seeking for you to walk in. But that's really what we should be for one another right here in this room. And it's possible because what? We have the same mind. He says, I've given you the mind of Christ. So you have the same mind. So we are, shouldn't resort back to an old pattern of thinking and old ways. Those are selfish. Honestly, they're just immaturity. It's just immaturity. Self-seeking, you know, selfishness. It's immaturity. Nitpicking. It's immaturity. Get over it. Some of you just need to hear this one phrase. Get over it. And literally walk in the new. Your life is not about you anyway. It's about your service unto the Lord, isn't it? Isn't our lives, aren't our lives supposed to be laid down lives for the king? So when the old flesh tries to rise back up and then there's a division, a disunity, you can already expect the purposes of God are going to be thwarted right there. But it doesn't have to be. Right? So agreement comes from being the same. Not clones, but being the same. Whether it be in your home, whether it be in the church, whatever, okay? In your home, if, if the reason some things never get off the ground, like you're praying and praying and believing, the reason, this is sometimes, it, there could be other things, but today I'm talking about this topic. The reason some things never get off the ground and produce their intended result, results is because there really isn't a godly agreement. And the same is true with this church. So example, there is a, a, the vision that God gives to every church, but he gives it to the man or the woman that he has chosen to be behind the pulpit. Now, you may all know some of the vision, and God may also reveal some of the vision to you, but he's not going to give it to you first because he has not chosen for you to stand behind the pulpit. Am I being clear? This happens all the time. People think they hear from God for you, but God chose you to be behind the pulpit. And all that does is bring in division. It just brings in division. Also, it brings in a dissatisfaction. And it causes someone to go, well, they're not listening to me. I know what God has said. Literally, that's witchcraft. It's control. Is anything good going to come from that? Except for the person's going to run. And if God called them to this church, they just ran out of the will of God. Agreement with the Holy Spirit and his word and with one another is critical. Learning this art of really, truly understanding order in the church, in the home, right? Order. Thank you, Father. So we're not going to be unequally yoked. People think that's just in marriage. It's not. Unequally yoked is not just in marriage. It fits perfectly with what I'm talking about. You don't want to be unequally yoked, of course, in your marriage, but also in your friendships. You don't want to be unequally yoked because your friendships are influencing you. And you want your friendships to influence you for godly gain, for good, the goodness of the Lord. You want your friendships, and you want to be that kind of a friend for somebody else too, right? Leading them towards the Lord and not away. But if your purposes are still, if there's mixed motives, then you actually are not being that friend that's going to lead them into the right path. You're actually being used by the devil. And none of you want to be used by the devil. I can, I can, I know that. I know that for a fact. Just think of the potential that God can do if we just learn to prefer one another and give no place to the devil. Just think about the potential in your life. 
Just think about the potential. When you're in the right place at the right time and God, with the people that God has put you in, there is a unity in the spirit. There is nothing. It's like things start to just happen. They just start to come into your life. Do you know that? Now, don't get me wrong. There's also warfare and you go through seasons of war, but that's because God is ready to build up your muscles so that you can actually step into more. You go through valleys, right? But you're also going to be on the mountaintops. But never forget, the things you learn in the valley are the things that are going to carry you for your whole life and give you the true substance, right? So we go through seasons. But if we can learn the art of unity and agreement, first with the Holy Spirit, God's truth, God's word. Second, with one another. Anybody that's we have the power. You know they do the it's thing? the power of the Holy Ghost. But it takes unity in the spirit. It takes us in agreement demonic. with the word of God. And then There's us doing the same thing again and again and again out. for that to come about. You know, years ago I heard that there's a, a chant. We're coming for your children. Now people are talking about it more. Um, and it's the whole LGBTQ community saying we're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. Some of you may have heard that. It's disgusting. It's horrific. They come into agreement with their will, and because they come into agreement, there's unity, not godly unity, but there's unity, and they have a purpose, and so they strive for that purpose to come about, and it does, for some of them, because they've learned the art of agreement. Honestly, it's just the church that sometimes just seems to miss it, but not this church. In the name of Jesus, when I'm calling you to walk up higher and to really realize there is so much God wants to do. God is not wringing his hands going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? They're singing the song and they're actually, it's actually happening. It's working. You see so many, the spirits, the demonic spirits just running rampant. It's what they had said years ago coming to pass because there's ungodly agreement. God is not up there wringing his hands. He's not worried about what am I going to do next. But he is saying, when is the church going to wake up and walk in unity? He is going to wait. He is wait. He's saying, when is the church going to wake up and realize we have the power? It's the power of the Holy Ghost. But it takes unity in the spirit. It takes us in agreement with the word of God. And then us doing the same thing again and again and again for that to come about. That's what it takes. So in the demonic realm they understand this and that's why they will do what they do and see the results that they see but how much more should we see the results right how much more when we serve the king of kings how much more so much more church so much more so you should be excited right now thank you lord let's go over to second chronicles 5 13 and 14 you know worship is such a vital part of what God's about ready to do. And we just experienced that, didn't we? He literally took us into the heavens and you could just feel it building and building. This is what God is doing. He's always been doing this. It's not like it's a new thing. It's just that the church is waking up and we're recognizing the beauty of worship is that we come together in the spirit of unity and we're singing with one accord with one heart, with one mind, and then all that the Lord does through us. And everything that God does through us isn't even 
everything that you have uh, can even articulate right now. Like what you just experienced right now, you're going to start seeing the result of that, you know, tomorrow and the next day and the next weeks. It's not all. Some of it you saw today. You're like, wow, I feel different. I feel good. My leg was healed. My shoulder was healed. Praise God. Those are some of the tangible things that we can say, look at what just happened. But you are being changed every time you come and you are experiencing this realm of worship. But honestly, it's the unity in the worship. Because God does what? Commands the blessing. That's the word of the Lord, isn't it? It says, indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. How important is that? When they were as one, this is to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory filled the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It was the house of God even before the glory filled it, wasn't it? It was, it was already the house of God, wasn't it? And then the glory filled it. See, this is the house of God. And we are also houses of the Lord. We, we represent him. We host his presence. But collectively and, and all of us together in, in unity, this is the house of the Lord even before the glory fills it. But when we come together in a spirit of unity and we worship in one accord, the glory of God starts to come down and literally fills the house. So what brings in the glory? The unity in the spirit. What do you think the devil fights so hard against but the unity in the spirit? Because he knows if he can come against the unity in the spirit, the glory is what gets shortchanged. When the glory is shortchanged, then the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit is limited. And not just for when you're in corporate worship, but every day of your life. So praise and worship, we know, invokes the presence of God. Right at the beginning of 13, it says, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one. When you come, this is one easy way, when you come to worship, Make sure that your heart is ready to worship as one. When your heart is ready to worship as one, you're not going to be annoyed by things that might be going on in the room because you remember the greater purpose. See, I'm going to remember the greater purpose. And I'm not going to allow the unity that the Lord wants to bring to be shortchanged. Thank you, Father. So the most effective way to bind the devil is to come out of agreement with him. Because, you know, you can, you can go ahead and bind that devil left and right. You can bind the devil from morning till evening. You can bind every spirit that you can think of. You can bind unbelief and fear and torment and, you know, laziness. And you could just go on and on and on. You can bind every spirit of, you know, uh, perversion and, and lust. You can bind every spirit of gambling and overeating. And you can bind every spirit you can think of. But if you're still in agreement with those things, you're doing nothing but wasting your time and wasting your breath. The Bible says we're to bind and we're to loose. 
but we're also supposed to be in agreement with what we're speaking. And if you're not in agreement with what you're speaking, because deep down inside you actually have so much fear, and you're saying, I bind fear, but you're full of fear, you need to come out of agreement with that which is keeping you bound before you bind it and cast it out. Because otherwise you're in agreement and you're hanging on to something that you're saying, I want to let it go, but you're not letting it go. How's it going to go? So we have to get into agreement with the word of God. And we have to come out of agreement with some things.